0: investment advisory services offered through cwm llc and sec registered investment advisor it's time for the money night podcast with certified financial planner wade chessman welcome in to the money night podcast i am ben george he is wade chessman certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor president and wealth advisor over at chessman wealth strategies wade it's always good to talk to you how you doing
1: i am doing awesome i know we were talking before we started the recording about my recent travels to Fayetteville for mm. parents weekend and dad's day and my daughter's sorority it was awesome we had a great time weather was great although it was really hot yeah you know i, I wish next time i had to remember sit on the other side of the field <laughs> because we were on the west side and it was like smoking hot but if i'd been on that other side it would have been so great anyway we still had a great time though and it was a lot of fun
0: yeah, your your Razorbacks
1: are uh, looking pretty good to
0: start the year. I'm sure you've been enjoying this season so far.
1: Yeah, maybe we should start this meeting off by calling the Hogs. Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to make me call the Hogs today?
0: No, I won't <laughs> make it.
1: I won't make it do it, although it is a lot of fun.
0: I don't think I've ever called him before, Wade. So maybe, you maybe one day. Maybe okay, one here day we go. I Ready?
1: Ready? One, that. two, three.
0: Big <laughs> silly.
1: Okay, now you've done uh, it. I
0: love it. I love it. It's been a great Grab start. It. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm glad uh, that you've been enjoying it. I'm sure your daughter has as well. Oh, yeah. In school there. Awesome. So that's great to hear. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. We're talking about financial mistakes that couples often make. I don't know if you ever have to play
1: the role of a therapist in your office, Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you? Well, you know, what I've found is that there's usually always... I mean, there's conflict sometimes in marriage with about money, and there's usually one person, sometimes it's a husband, sometimes it's a wife, that's a little bit more you know, oriented toward that particular topic. You know, in my family, it's in our marriage, it's more me, as you would expect since I do this for a living. Right. And Diana, you know, isn't as interested in it. That might be an understatement. She's not interested. <laughs> in it. Let's just be honest. And so sometimes that can create, you know, good topics for conversation.
0: Yeah, definitely. And look, it's the reality of the matter is not everybody's going to be on the same page when it comes to finances. That's part of it. But we do want to make sure husbands and wives are on the same page with their retirement plan, which can be a challenge many times. We're going to talk about five of the more common mistakes or areas that that couples mess up and uh, could use some guidance on and and how Wade would help them through that process. That's the goal today. We also have a couple of mailbag questions we'll get to. A little bit later on. So full show on deck today, and we're looking forward Mm -hmm. to talking to you about it. But let me point you to the website, ChessmanWealth.com. Make sure you visit that um, once you get done listening to the show. We'll put every every episode up there. Plus, there's a lot of other resources up there that Wade has, including his Risk Tolerance Quiz, which you can access right now, uh, Retirement Readiness Quiz, and plenty of other things. Tons of great resources on that site, more than you'll find on most financial websites. So I do recommend ChessmanWealth.com. All right, Wade, let's jump into uh, this one. And talk about some of these mistakes. And the first one is dealing with a pension. And if you're lucky enough to have a pension, that's great. But the one area where couples aren't always on the same page is how to handle that spousal benefit.
1: Yeah, sometimes, you know, when you get a pension, again, they're not as common anymore, but you usually you're given an option on how to you know, what kind of pension do you want? Do you want a pension that's based on your life? Do you want a pension that's based on you and your spouse's life? So if you were to pass away, your spouse would continue to get either all the benefits, 75% of the benefit, 50% of the benefit. And the thing is, once you've made that choice, it's set in stone. So you got to really think it through. Sometimes it might make sense to take a life-only pension, depending on other, the other resources that your spouse has if you weren't around, right? Or sometimes it might make sense to take a life-only pension and then take some of the extra money that you're getting because of that and buy some life insurance. We call that pension maximization. So you just got to look at it. And don't make the decision just kind of on feeling, but what makes the most sense for the financial plan? Sometimes, you know, if your spouse doesn't have, if that pension goes away and that's the main, one of the main sources of income that you guys are living on and it's completely gone when you're gone, that may not be the best course of action. Maybe it makes sense to take a lesser amount today, but to make sure that your spouse has a benefit if you're no longer around. So it just takes a little bit of finesse, thinking it through, running different scenarios, but- it's not a decision you want to make lightly because once you've made it, there's no going back.
0: Well, you saying that kind of brings me to my next point about Social Security, another situation where you really need to be thinking it through ahead of time because once you've kind of made that decision on when you want to claim your benefit, there's really not any going back. I mean, I guess it is possible, but that decision's pretty much set in stone. So mm-hmm. couples have to be on the same page when they coordinate when they want to claim.
1: That's right, because when you think of Social Security, you know, we tend to think of it as an individual benefit but what we're really trying to do for married couples is maximize a benefit over two lifetimes so if you have a husband and wife maybe the husband was the primary income earner and his benefits quite a bit higher than the spouse maybe the spouse didn't work at all so her benefits going to be equal to one half the spouse's benefit well maybe it makes sense for the spouse the the husband to delay his benefit as long as possible, so that when he dies, the spouse will receive that much higher benefit. This is especially true perhaps if the spouse is older. Maybe you have a husband who's five or six years older, the wife's never worked. If you want to maximize two benefits over a lifetime, you just have to understand how the numbers work out, what the break evens are, things like that. So some people just say, hey, take the money when you can and don't give it a lot of thought. But for a lot of people, it makes sense to really think that through because you really are trying to maximize two benefits.
0: Yeah. Make it, make sure it works together. You want to maximize everything that you're doing financially and social security is no different with that. Um, let's shift away from finance briefly and talk about one decision where couples absolutely need to be on the same page. And if they're not talking about it ahead of time before retirement, they might not be. And that's how do they actually want to spend their retirement? What do you want to do with their free time? What How do y'all want to enjoy that, that, next chapter of your life.
1: Right. I always tell people, you know, when you think about retirement, of course, you know, Ben, I've told said this a lot of times. I don't like, I don't really love the word retirement. I really prefer the the word financial independence. Right. Um, financial independence. To me, it's a better word because retirement, you may want to continue to work in your current job. You may want to do other things, but you have the, the option to not have to or want to if you don't want to. But anyway, yes, when you think about retirement, what are you retiring to? That's something to really think about is, yeah. and what, what is that going to look like? Because that can be a pretty jarring for some people to, especially, you know, maybe you worked since you were 18 years old, and all of a sudden you're 65, 70 years old, and then work just turns off. Some people, they're a lot more bent that way, and it's a pretty easy transition. But we all know people that, hey, a, a year after they retired, they pass away. They just couldn't handle it. So it is good to do some, searching about what you want to do. What does retirement mean? What does it look like? What are you retiring to? Because you want to continue to do things that are going to add meaning to your life. And you know a lot of people have so much to offer. Maybe they don't want to work for a paycheck anymore, but they have so much to offer their community, their favorite ministries, things like that. So I definitely think that's a good, wise thing to do is really give it thought before you just pull the trigger. Now, sometimes you don't get to choose. Right. Sometimes it's chosen for us. Still an opportunity then to take that next step and think about What that is actually going to look like? Well, I like
0: the term financial independence because it doesn't mean like I guess retirement. You know, we all kind of have our own perception of what that means, and a lot of times it's like, hey, I'm I'm done with my life. I'm just you know I'm done working. I'm just going to sit back. But a lot of times you just want that financial independence so you can do what you want to, right? You have the freedom to make an impact where you want to, continue working, travel, like whatever it is you choose to do. Life doesn't stop. You just have that ability to do it on your own. Correct. Yeah, I love that. All right, um, let's go back to finance then. So couples. I know a lot of times when you get into a relationship, especially, you know, before you get married, you start building your own retirement accounts. Maybe you start your job and you start contributing whatever amount you have into 401k or an IRA, whatever it is that maybe you have set aside. But when you actually get together with your spouse many times you don't think about, hey, how can we combine our accounts and actually make sure our assets are working together, much like the the social security claiming strategy, that sort of thing. But wait, I don't really think about this as much in terms of, hey, I should be on the same page with my wife. I just think of it as, hey, I'm putting my money away in my account. She's putting her money away in hers. And then when we get to retirement, we'll have this set aside. But you really should be working together on this, right?
1: Yeah. Because you know, a lot of times people, and I've, I think I've talked about this before, but we think of, hey, I've got my accounts in my 401k, I've got my accounts in my IRA, my wife has her accounts and her 401k and you know, various accounts. And I that that means I'm diversified because I've got money in different places. But what it very well may be is that you instead of diversification, you have diversification because you haven't really thought it through. You really maybe you don't have the type of diversification you thought, just because it's in different accounts, you could be doing the same exact thing in all four accounts or you could be super overweighted in one area or the other. So yeah, it's important to, to look at it. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to all be in the same place, but it's important to understand what you have so that you can make sure it's in line with your goals and your tolerance for risks. So yeah, good idea to look at the big picture, even though they may be in multiple accounts. All right, let's talk
0: risk. This is a spot I would imagine the most people that you talk to, because depending on how you feel about finances, how comfortable you are around it, you may have a di- totally different risk profile than your significant other. I know my wife and I do. I'm much more of a risk taker. I, I don't man- mind taking a few more risks in our investments where she's a lot more conservative. And this is a spot, I guess, that could get a lot of couples in trouble or at least create a lot of tension maybe.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always say if you're if you're not taking enough risk and the market's skyrocketing up, that can be frustrating. And you may tend to make a changes to your portfolio And that may not be the opportune time, right? The best time to do it is before it goes up. So if you're not taking enough risk, that's a problem. But if you're taking too much risk, that can be a problem because you may end up making decisions emotionally and people tend to do those at the exact wrong time. So they tend to sell out at the bottom and buy at the top. That's just human nature. So if one spouse is a lot more aggressive oriented than the other one, it's important that you guys have that open, honest discussion so that if the market starts cratering down one of you doesn't panic and make unwise choices, vice versa. If one of you is a lot more aggressive and the market's going way up and all of a sudden you're just throwing all your chips in, that's also not a good idea. So yeah, it can be a problem if you guys at least don't discuss it, come up with a combined concept. And you know, that's the thing. It's important to have those open and honest discussions. Yeah. There's no question.
0: Well, let's, let's, let's finish it out on this note. um, As we talk about the financial mistakes that couples often make and that's maybe not just being on the same page with what you're doing with your retirement plan, right? I mean, when you meet with couples or you have two couples that come on board with you and your team at Chessman Wealth, I'm assuming you want to make sure, even if they're not involved together in every meeting, you want to make sure that both sides of the of the relationship know about everything in the finances, right?
1: You know, like I said earlier, you're going to have one person that's really in- interested in finances, maybe the one that isn't, but it's important to at least let that other person be aware of what's going on, the types of choices that are being made, the moves that are being made, especially if something happens to one of you, that other person isn't left out in the cold. So I it's always good to just keep everybody in the loop, even if that person doesn't have any real interest in it, let them know what's going on so they can be on the same page.
0: Absolutely. Well, these are just some of the areas where couples maybe aren't working together and pulling in the same direction. And it's something that Wade and his team help with, right, is, is trying to make sure that they are doing these things correctly and, and taking everything into account to give them the best opportunity for that financial independence that we talked about here on the show. All right. Got a couple of questions that came in via the website ChessmanWealth.com. We'll try to answer a couple ways. We'll start off with Christopher says I'll be turning 70 at the beginning of next year. And I'm annoyed that I'll have to start taking money out of my IRA because I won't even need it. I'm sure you have some tips for circumventing this rule. What are they?
1: Huh. Well, first of all, um, you, the new there, there are new rules around taking money out of IRAs. And the good news is you don't have to start taking it out to your 72 now. That was a rule that came out a couple of years ago. But Unfortunately, there's really no way around the rule. If you don't once you turn 72 years old and you start it's you have to start taking required minimum distributions, then you have no you really don't have an option. You have to take it out. Now, there is a way to avoid maybe paying taxes on that if you do what's called a qualified charitable distribution. That's where you take money out of your IRA and give it directly to your favorite charity. But, unfortunately, if you don't take your RMDs when they're due when you turn 72, there's a pretty big penalty of 50%. So, that's one of the pluses of an IRA; gives you tax deferral. One of the minuses is the tax man cometh, and he wants his money. He wants his money. So, <laughs> um, you know, eventually that that will be an issue. But with proper planning, you know, you might be able to at least mitigate some of the impact that's going to have.
0: Yeah, thank you for that question, Christopher. Tax planning is always an important part of the process, and it's a good question to be asking. All right, got one more from Jamie. Says, I looked forward to retirement for many years, but now that I'm actually retired, I cannot shake the feeling that I'm eventually going to run out of money. Is there any solution for fighting this feeling other
1: than simply spending less or going back to work? Well, you know, we've talked about this quite a few times. The one way to do it is to have a financial plan, is to put together a plan, look at your goals and objectives, compare that to the resources you have available to accomplish those goals and resources, and then look and see if you're on the right path or not. And maybe that will give you a much better idea if you need to spend less or go back to work or save more. But instead of just wondering about it and kind of hoping, hoping is not a strategy, then let's take a more comprehensive approach and really look at it objectively so you don't just have to guess. That's what I would say. Right,
0: definitely. The guessing game is not a great uh, strategy, right? The the, the no. planning of uh, hope, the hope plan, is that what you call it?
1: Yeah, hope, hope is on a strategy. <laughs> Let's have a plan and really think through it. Yeah,
0: that is the name of the game and why we do this podcast twice a month. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so. We do appreciate it. And continue to send in the questions to us via chessmanwealth.com. We'll put this podcast, Plus all the others right there on the website and plenty of other resources you can access. Just scroll across the top. There's a bunch of different tabs. Find the topics that are important to you or that you're curious about and click through to read that. But if you actually want to sit down and meet more with Wade and go through some of these things in in further detail, that number is 214-572-2120. All right, Wade, we'll get out of here unless you want to call the hogs one more time before we close No, I think I'm good. Once (laughs) is enough. Okay, fair enough. Well, we appreciate your time today. look forward to speaking to you again here on the Monday Night Podcast.